0: Well, good morning, everyone. I invite you to open your Bibles to Psalm 27 this morning, Psalm 27. Well, since I preach my sermon on infant baptism, we are averaging one baptism a week. So let's see if we can keep this up. I know we have some more out there. Now, in Psalm 27, Psalm of David we have for us a hem about trust, trusting the Lord. But what we learn is that trust really isn't trust until it is tested. You see, it's easy to say you trust your teenager until you hand her the keys to the car. It's easy to say that you trust the safety of air travel until you're seated and ready for liftoff. It's easy to say that you trust your Doctor, until you are rolled in for surgery. Pastor Ron shared of a situation in which he was sailing off the coast of Maine when dense fog rolled in. And he could barely see ten feet in front of the bow of the vessel. Numerous times he had trusted the navigational equipment to bring him home, but now more than ever that trust was tested. You see, he was in a channel of water that could quickly go from a depth of 60 feet to 10 feet to rock. And there was great fear that he might run this vessel aground. Would the GPS guide him safely ashore or would it run him up on a rock? He had to trust completely because he couldn't see on his own. To get home, his trust was tested. Now thankfully... Ron did make it home safely and his trust was vindicated. In our passage for this morning, we come to a psalm that combines lofty affirmations of trust with desperate pleas for salvation. In parts of the psalm, David expresses the Lord's power to save. In verse 1, the Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Great confidence in the Lord. Yet in other places he calls out to the Lord to save him. Cast me not off, forsake me not, O God of my salvation. Sometimes we can imagine that trust is best expressed through unwavering commitments and never having a doubt or a question. Yet such an untested trust is immature at best. For trust to mature and to be strengthened, it must be tested in times of hardship. Intention. And such a time of testing has come upon the world and in the church in particular this year with the global pandemic. It has taken from us those things which are familiar and placed us in situations that are uncertain and unnerving. It has raised stress levels over finances, over government spending, over government overreach. Family members have come to verbal blows over views on face masks and store owners and patrons to physical blows. The tension has overflowed into the streets of our cities with endless protests nightly turning into riots and looting. The violent crime rates throughout major cities is on the rise. Our police and institutions in which we once looked to for stability and order are being daily undermined. And in the midst of all of this, we cannot gather freely for worship. We're limited in what we can do. Our Sunday school classes remain online. Our Wednesday night gatherings have been canceled for the fall. In the very time that we need the encouragement and support of one another, we are precluded from this very activity. It is a time of testing. A testing of our trust in the Lord. However, as much as it feels as though things are out of control... They are not. All that is uncertain and fearful to us is known and designed by the Lord. We proclaim our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ for deliverance and for salvation. We say that we rely upon Him above all else. Now is the time for that trust to be tested. Now is the time for that trust to mature. For we need to endure hardship to grow in our trust of Christ. I know that you wanted all of this to be over by now, but the Lord has purposes in this time and He is training and molding and refining His people. We need our trust to be tested so that we might know more fully the salvation of Christ. So how will we endure this hardship? How will we trust in this time of trouble? Three things I want you to see in our text as we read through it this morning. To trust in times of trouble, we must seek the Lord's presence. We must plead for the Lord's protection. And we must wait for the Lord's salvation. So hear now the word of the Lord, Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, He will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in His tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to You, Your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not Your face from me. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Let us pray. Oh, Father God, we come to you now in this time this time of trouble and uncertainty, and we are so thankful that You have given to us Your Word. Your Word that has no errors. Your Word that is so clear. Your Word that is so sufficient for all that we need for life and for life everlasting. And so we offer ourselves to You now in this time we ask, O oh God, that by the power of Your Spirit, You would anoint the preaching of Your Word and that You would move in our hearts in such a way that You would take our blind eyes and that You would open them, that You would take our deaf ears and that You would make them hear clearly Your Word that we might truly trust You in times of trouble. We pray this through Christ's holy name. Amen. In the first six verses of Psalm 27, we have a great expression of trust and confidence in the Lord. In particular, we see in verses one through three, an expression of great trust. There we see three affirmations of the Lord's work in the life of those who trust in Him. You can look down, you see the Lord is called my light, my salvation. The stronghold of my life. Now light is seen in contrast to darkness when the lights are out, fear creeps in, a serene woodland can become a frightful forest when the sun goes down, and in the midst of a world filled with darkness the Lord brings light. He also brings salvation or deliverance, as the Psalm says. When enemies seek to bring you down, the psalmist says that they will be the one who stumble and fall. They will dig a pit for you to fall into, but the Lord will cause them to fall into their own trap. And the Lord is a stronghold. He is a place of refuge, a hiding place from the storms of life. And therefore, those who trust in the Lord need not fear. For in the midst of all the hardships that we face in this life, we can be confident because the Lord will give light and salvation and protection. Nevertheless, how do we come to know this truth in our own hearts? David has great confidence. He even says that he is confident in the Lord. But it is one thing to proclaim that the Lord is the stronghold of your life, It is quite another experience to know this truth. The psalmist has expressed great trust in the Lord. But how was that trust formed? Look at verse 4. I think that this is the key to the confidence that David expresses. He says in verse 4, One thing have I asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Here is the first thing that we must pursue in our days of trouble, the presence of the Lord. Here is the secret to great confidence in the Lord, to seek after the Lord, to gaze upon his beauty, to inquire before him. You see, when times are hard, they as they are, have been for so many of us recently, we must set ourselves to seeking after the presence of the Lord that we might gaze upon His beauty. When life is complicated and rushed, when troubles seem to pile one on top of another, it's easy to put aside the daily disciplines of seeking after the Lord. It is tempting to turn to other sources for light and salvation and protection. But we must join our hearts with that of David in our times of hardship and frustration and say this one thing, this one thing I would ask of you, O Lord, not that my troubles would go away, not that I would have financial security, not that things would go back to normal. No, but that I may gaze upon your beauty in the time of my trouble, O Lord. In days of trouble to know the Lord as light and salvation, to have great confidence and trust, you need to spend time seeking after Him. Time seeking after Him. To seek, to gaze, to inquire are not momentary endeavors, not 30-second prayers to check them off of your daily to-do list. To seek, to gaze, to inquire are time commitments. You need to take the time to seek after the Lord in His Word. You need to read and meditate and think over His truth. You need to gaze upon His beauty in prayer. When we gaze, we allow our eyes to linger, absorbing and pondering all the glory and grace of who God is to us in the Lord Jesus Christ. One of the many things that I love about having a little baby in the house again is how they gaze. To have little Josephine look up into my eyes. Don't try and win a staring contest with an infant because they will just stare forever and ever into the eyes of their parents. And doctors say that this is very important. Babies... Infants, they need for their own emotional well-being to gaze into their parents' eyes. They need to spend time looking because it teaches them what it means to be in relationship. It teaches them emotional intelligence. What it means to be loved and what it means to be secure. And this is what we need as well in times of trouble. We need to gaze into the face of our God that we might gain intelligence into how He loves us. So that we might have a deeper and stronger relationship with the Lord that we would trust Him. Are you in a time of great hardship and trouble To walk through this time with trust in the Lord, you need to seek after His presence. You must go to His Word and read it daily and deeply. You must go to the Lord in prayer, laying out before Him all of your desires and needs. You must go to the Lord in humility, seeking guidance and direction. And then you will be able to say with confidence, as the psalm says in verses 5-6, through for He will hide me in the shelter." in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of His tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me and I will offer in His tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. How do we say that? We say that out of a heart that has gazed upon the beauty of the Lord and knows Him as our Father. So first, we must seek the Lord's presence in our time of hardship and trouble. The second thing that we see is that to mature in our trust of the Lord is that we must plead for the Lord's protection. We must plead for the Lord's protection. Look at verses 7-10 through 10 of our text. They say, Here we see a dramatic shift in the tone of the psalm. As we just saw in the first six verses, David is speaking about the character of the Lord and how he has sought the Lord in times of trouble. There is great confidence and reassurance and stability in the first six verses. But now, as we start in verse 7, David is calling out to the Lord personally. He is no longer speaking about the Lord. He is speaking to the Lord. He is addressing the Lord directly, pleading for protection and deliverance. Listen to this tone. Hear, O Lord, answer me. Hide not your face from me. Cast me not off. Forsake me not. When we find ourselves in times of trouble, we must plead with the Lord to deliver us from our hardship with great confidence that He will respond. Throughout His Word, the Lord has given us gracious promises concerning prayer, and He continually invites us to call out to Him, to plead to Him through our prayers. We see this in verse 8. You see there, David says, You have said, Seek my face right the Lord has commanded that we would seek out his face the Lord Jesus taught us in the Sermon on the Mount ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and the door will be open to you for everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks it will be open or which one of you if his son asks for bread will give him a stone Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a serpent. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? You see, the Lord desires for you to ask him for deliverance and help in your time of need. He continually invites us into his presence. He will never forsake you or cast you off, as David says. Even his father and his mother might forsake him. But the Lord's connection, the Lord's relationship, the Lord's love for David is such that he will never forsake him. And when you find yourself in times of trouble, when you are young, it was natural for you to call out to your parents, right? When we're in desperate times, we want the comfort of one whom we trust, that they will care for our needs. However, what this psalm is teaching us is that the Lord is even more reliable than any parent. He is more caring and compassionate than your mother. He is more strong and reassuring than your father. So when you are in times of trouble, call out to plead with the Lord. And what struggle or hardship have you found yourself recently? What has overcome you with grief or anxiety or fear? It can be very discouraging. It can become almost unbearable. And so plead with the Lord. Call out to the Lord persistently and patiently. Come before His throne. There is no shame in pleading with the Lord. Some might say, well, this seems childish or weak to show that you have a need. I feel like I need to come to the Lord with everything put together. I need to come with lofty speech and and all of my ducks in a row. That is not how the Lord wants you to come. He wants you to come with your need. He wants you to come with your hardship. He wants you to come with your depravity. The Lord is not there to receive from you. He calls you. He invites you to come into His presence that He might fill up the need that you have. I must have babies on my mind this morning because these are all the illustrations I have. For when a baby wants something, what do they do? They cry. There is no shame in a baby crying to be fed, to be changed, to be held. There is no shame because their parents are the ones who have been designed by the Lord to take take care of their needs. And as you know, they don't give up. Little babies will get what they need. They'll continue to cry and plead until their need is taken care of. And you, Christian, do you not think that there is a reason that you are called a child of God? God is the one who is there to care for the needs that you have. And therefore, you are to call out to Him. You are to plead to Him. You are to cry to Him over and over and over, pleading and crying out to the Lord. For He invites you to do this very thing. And He makes great promises that He will hear you and respond. In our times of trouble, we must seek the Lord's presence. We must plead for the Lord's protection. And the third thing that we see from our text is that we must wait for the Lord's salvation. What might the Lord be teaching us during this pandemic? Well, I can't know all that the Lord might be doing in this time. But one thing that we can be sure of is that he is teaching us how to wait. He is teaching us how to be patient. And oh, how we are a people who need to learn patience. We are a people who have become very impatient with this world, who want things immediately. I know that I'm not the only one who after 15 to 30 seconds of waiting, I have the instinctual reflex to reach into my pocket and pull out my phone and begin to distract myself. Because who can wait so long? And the Lord is graciously teaching us something in this time about what it means to wait and be patient. For like many people, I believe that this pandemic would be over by now. We thought two weeks, two weeks and all of this will be over. But it rages on and it's testing us. Will we endure through the hardships that have been presented to us? Or will we give in to despair and sloth? Now is not the time to give in. Now is not the time to lay down on the couch and binge watch Netflix to entertain yourself. Now is the time to seek the Lord. Now is the time to plead with the Lord. Now is the time to wait on the Lord. Look at verses 13 and 14 of your text. David says, after pleading with the Lord, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Now, to wait is not inactivity. Rather, to wait is to pursue and to trust the coming salvation of the Lord. Right? Why do you think it says after wait for the Lord, it says be strong. Waiting isn't just sitting back and saying, OK, well, we'll just see what happens. Waiting takes strength. Waiting takes courage of heart, as this verse says. When we wait for the Lord, we're not distracting ourselves from our current hardships. Rather, we are facing them with strength and with courage, saying, this is where I will take my stand. This is where I will find my fortress in the day of trouble in the Lord Jesus Christ alone. It takes strength and courage to wait for the Lord. And verse 13 lets us know that David believes that this deliverance will not merely be something abstract, but that he will see the goodness of the Lord, that means the saving power of the Lord, in the land of the living. That means in his very own flesh and blood. David's confidence and trust is such that he believes that he will not die by the hands of his enemies, but that he will see, he will experience the deliverance of God Almighty while he lives. But we must wait for it with confidence and courage and strength. And yet David's confidence in the saving power of the Lord is not fully understood. Until we see that He speaks not only on His own behalf, but He speaks as a prophet. He speaks of the hope that is to come in the Lord Jesus Christ in these verses. For we know and we have experienced that not everyone who trusts in the Lord sees earthly deliverance. We know men who have died at the hands of evil men even though they called out to the Lord for salvation. We have had family members who have succumbed to disease even though they pleaded with the Lord to take it away. You see, seeking the Lord, pleading with the Lord, and waiting for the Lord does not guarantee that you will see physical deliverance in this life. And yet, because of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, this promise still holds true it does mean that you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. For the Lord Jesus Christ walked in obedience. He sought the Father in prayer. He pleaded with the Father to take away the suffering of the cross. He waited for the Father, trusting even His life into His hands. And yet, He was betrayed by His friends, condemned unjustly, and was killed on the cross. But... Here is where we see the power of God to save. For on the third day, Jesus was raised from the dead. He triumphed over all His enemies, over sin and Satan and death. They're the ones who fell into the trap on the day of the crucifixion, not the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the resurrection, the Lord Jesus Christ saw the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He had to trust his Father through the death of the cross. He had to wait on the Father even as he lay in the grave. But his trust was proven true as he rose victorious over over death again, and all of his enemies fell at his feet. And this is how we must trust in the Lord in our times of trouble by placing our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ alone by looking to Him alone for life and salvation. For through union with Him, we too who die will rise to new life. For through the blood of the cross, our sin is forgiven. And through the resurrection, we are promised that we too will one day rise from the grave. And in that day of the resurrection, we will see the goodness of the Lord as living, breathing new creations in the land of the living. While we endure hardship in this world, we do it trusting the Lord. For we know that all those who seek, who plead, who wait on the Lord will be saved, will be raised up on that day through Jesus Christ alone. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God. Lord, we feel, Lord, this tension. Lord, even as... Uh, We saw in the illustration about Pastor Ron navigating through difficult waters with fog all around him. We look out into the future, Lord, and it looks like it is filled with dense fog. And we don't know if there are rocks that we will run aground upon. We do not know what is ahead of us. And so we are very fearful. And so we look to you, O God. We look to You, O God, and we trust in You. We plead with You, O God, that You would guide us safely through these troubled waters. As we are blind, O God, give to us the light of Your Word that might be a lamp into our feet and a light into our path, O Lord. Would You not give us the grace, O God, in this time? We plead with You. Would You not give us the grace, O God, to look to the Lord Jesus Christ that we might see and know and experience deliverance in this time? And that we might rest more surely upon the Lord Jesus Christ and Him alone for our salvation. Might we face the hardships of this world with a great resurrection faith, not fearing those who can merely kill the body, but fearing You alone, O God, our rock, our fortress, our light, and our salvation. We pray this through Christ's holy name. Amen.